This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths. We hope your month is off to a fantastic start. We're so excited this week to share with you all some listener questions and stories, and we've got some cool dreams in here too, so lots of wonderful knowledge and information and rabbit holes to dive down. So pretend that you're just joining us around the virtual table as as we just chat. How are you doing? Wonderful. I'm good. I'm good. And I think we all need a little bit of chat and community time right now. I do too. We're almost done with winter. Just remember that. Okay. Our first one, do you want me to start? Yes, please. Okay. I have a fun dream story to share. I had a close friend pass away very unexpectedly last year. It's been difficult to deal with, but I feel her around occasionally. Over the past month or so, I've asked her to visit in my dreams. A little past history. I'm normally a very vivid dreamer, but usually the people in my dreams are people who I know, but they aren't close to me. More like random coworkers, old friends from high school. So I was a little worried I wouldn't see my friend since we were very close. Two nights ago, I was having a rather normal dream for me, but this time in my dream, I went to bed and I had a dream in my dream. I feel like I had been inceptioned, like from the movie, remember? Have you ever had that, Denise, where you have a dream in a dream? I I don't know. I've had a dream and then gone back into a dream. Yes, I've had that happen a couple of times. That's super rare for me, though, but it's so cool when it happens. Yeah, but I don't know that I've ever had a dream in a dream. I've had it one time and it's kind of weird. And and I, I just remember waking up feeling super, super foggy, but I, I think that's also rare. So anyway, she continues. In the dream, in a dream, I was driving past a group of people standing on a deck and smiling. There must have been seven to nine people standing on the deck and I didn't recognize any of them until I made eye contact with the last individual. As I stared at her, I realized it was my friend. She was wearing her usual sunglasses and vibrant lipstick She wouldn't be caught outside her house without lipstick. I started sobbing in my dream and a dream and woke up in my dream. I was annoyed with myself because I thought to my dream self, dang it, you woke yourself up crying and you could have said hi to Sue. I then went around about the rest of my dream. I woke up in real life the next morning and thought, holy smokes, I finally saw my friend, but it was in a dream within my dream. I thanked my friend for visiting, but wondered, Was this a test I failed since I immediately started sobbing? Any thoughts? 
I did let my friend know I'm ready to visit her in a regular dream. Okay, I think this is super common because we are humans with beautiful, rich emotions. And so when you see someone that you've lost in the in a physical way and you see them in a in a dream, whether it's a dream in a dream or a dream, <laughs> any way that you see them, it's going to bring up all those emotions. And you know, maybe she tried coming to you in a dream in a dream. Because often we are removed from our emotions in those deeper states of consciousness. And maybe she thought, well, maybe, you know, we can actually connect and talk. But you just weren't actually ready for that in that moment. And that's okay. I've had that happen before with people I've loved and lost. And they do come back in dreams. They do. The fact that you had this experience is phenomenal. And it also is indicative that it can happen and will happen again. So do not worry. Just keep talking about her, sharing her stories, asking her to come to you in a dream, and then do your best to kind of forget about it. You know, sometimes when we're really, really focused on something, it almost repels that thing from coming to us. But when we focus on it and then let it go with that beautiful trust and knowing that it will come back to us in the right time, it will. It's the same with this dream visitation. So I hope that's helpful to you. And it's just a great thing that she was able to visit you with her normal, beautiful self and her vibrant lipstick. And it's a great sign that she is alive and well on the other side. Oh, that's lovely. And that was exactly what I was thinking as well, is the fact that she came through with the energy of who this person knew her to be, with the vibrancy, with the sunglasses, with the lipstick, but also that she didn't recognize anyone else, but immediately recognized her friend, which sounds just like a, a, a beautiful reunion. It does. It really, really does. Um, our next one, I came home from work the other day and felt a little overwhelmed. So I went to meditate and help release some emotion. I began journaling to allow the thoughts to flow out of my mind. As I was doing that, I wrote down, I feel like I'm shedding a layer of myself in order to make room for who I'm becoming. When I realized what I wrote, I took a minute to reflect and could truly see that I'm in the tra a transition right now. I got my Reiki 1 certification around October last year and had an emotional and chaotic end of the year. I was feeling overwhelmed because I have so many goals in mind where I can see and feel the end goal, but I tend to be hard on myself when I'm not making progress as quickly as I'd like. I recognize this and reminded myself that everything takes time and it will all happen as it's supposed to. I finished up journaling and went to take a shower. When I was in the shower, I realized that almost all of my fingertips were peeling in some way. I thought it was a little weird since this isn't something that typically happens to me. And then I got the message. It was a literal visual of me shedding a layer of myself. I think my guides knew that giving me a visual would get the message to sink in a little harder. I smiled, appreciating the message and validator that I needed to surrender and trust in my divine timing. I continued to reflect on where I was in my life. I was taking Reiki 2 in a couple of days and knew that there would be a shift in my energy and that this message needed to come to me now. I also reminded myself that to become someone new and continue to make growth, you have to let go of parts of you that are no longer that no longer serve the person you are becoming. 
When I was in the Reiki 2 class, one of the other students pulled two oracle cards for me, and boy, did they resonate. The first card she pulled said something along the lines of, take time to feel the grass. I laughed as soon as she pulled it because I knew the universe was, was telling me to slow down. The second card she pulled said something like, enjoy the baby steps along the way. Again, reassurance that everything will come to fruition, but each step I take towards my goal is important. I thought this story would be nice to share because I'm sure that there are many people who feel the same way. I'm trying to listen to my body and let myself adjust to the changes that are happening energetically within me. Well, thank you so much for sharing this because this resonates with, I think, what many, many people are feeling right now is that there is transition coming, there is transformation coming. And the fact that her, I, I'm smiling because to get the literal interpretation of the skin shedding off when she had gotten that message, I love that. It sounds like her team has a good sense of humor. That's what I was just going to say, which is a good sign. Yes. And we do. We do have to shed. We're like onions. There's often many, many layers we have to shed. And that's okay, too. It's all a process and it's all a journey. And we're doing it together, even though sometimes it can feel like you're alone. I think having those validations from your team, from an Oracle card, from a friend you meet at a Reiki class, it's all... It's all part of part of the journey. And it's a it's a beautiful thing. It is. And really, what's the point of being here if you're not going to continue to sh shed and grow and evolve and and learn and experience? If if not, you're not taking that baby step forward. Right. Exactly. What's that phrase? If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. <laughs> yes. All right. Our next one says. I hope this message finds you well. I'm reaching out hopefully to hopefully seek some clarity about a precognitive dream that occurred seven years ago that still confuses me. In 2016, I had a dream that I was picking up my parents from the airport. In the dream, I saw my mother come down the airport escalator with her suitcase in her right hand. As she got closer to me, I noticed she was also holding my father's suitcase. My mother and I eventually made our way to the car and we drove off without my father. I didn't think much of this dream the next morning, but I did find it interesting as my parents at that time were on their dream vacation in Europe. However, I found it odd that I was picking up my mother from the airport in the dream as there was no expectation for me to pick them up from the airport when they eventually returned. Two days after I had this dream, I learned that while my parents were exploring a castle in Portugal, my father had a heart attack and died. When my mother was finally able to return to the United States, she asked me to pick her up from the airport. It wasn't until she was coming down the airport escalator that I remembered the dream. As my mother approached me with her suitcase in her right hand and my father's suitcase in her left, I started shaking, realizing that the dream I had two days before was unfolding in front of me. The first few years after my father's death, I felt guilty that I hadn't taken the dream more seriously. Perhaps I could have warned my parents that something was going to happen. I was also afraid that another precognitive dream, specifically about someone dying, would happen again. My exploration of metaphysics and spirituality, which includes listening to your podcast, has eased a lot of that guilt, but I still often wonder why it occurred. Any thoughts? Well, first, I'm so sorry that you lost your father in this way and that it was accompanied by this, this sense of guilt that you could have prevented it. 
I've researched this thoroughly. In fact, in, in my book on dreams, The Awake Dreamer, I have an entire chapter just on this because years ago, I had a listener who emailed me and she said that in her family, she's known as the Grim Reaper because this is what she does all the time. She will dream about someone about two to three days before they die. And it caused her to shut down her intuition. And, you know, you can't, you can't blame her. That's a, that's a hard label to have in your family, the Grim Reaper. And yet what I researched looking at precognitive dreams, they're almost impossible to change. I think the reason why we have these dreams is because our soul knows that this is coming. Our soul knows that this is in your father's soul plan, your mother's soul plan, your soul plan. And it's almost like it can't help but not try to give you a little warning, like a heads up, this is coming. But I don't, do not believe that precognitive dreams can be changed. Um, you know, as many listeners know, I had that same dream, that precognitive dream that my former husband would be shot in the line of duty for about two months before it actually happened. And I did try to change it. I did believe in my dreams and he did believe in my intuition and he did what I said. I mean, he wore his bulletproof vest, which he never wore, which don't get me started on that one. But after I had that dream, I said, this is what I feel is going to happen and where you, and he did. And guess what, Denise, the bullet impacted him an inch above the bulletproof vest. Wow. You know, have you ever heard that old story about the woman who goes to a psychic and the psychic says, oh, you're going to die in a car accident in two weeks? And so the woman, which, you know, no one would ever say. So if you're thinking about going to a psychic, don't don't get freaked out. I mean, <laughs> this is just an allegory story I've heard before. So she goes home and she decides, well, I'm not going to leave my house for two weeks. I'm going to I'm going to change my destiny. And so she does. She hunkers down in her home for two weeks and a drunk driver runs out of control and plows through her house and kills her. Oh. That's a terrible story. I know. I, as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm like, Samantha, this is not a good idea. <laughs> but but it is kind of an apt allegory for how we really, there are some things in life that we can't change. And, and what I've noticed, those destined moments tend to pop up in those precognitive dreams. So please don't feel any guilt about this. It was going to happen. And even if you had called them, I had a dream that this was, you didn't know it was your father dying. You didn't know if, oh, mom decided to come home a few days early. Like the dream didn't, that's the thing with precognitive dreams is they give you a hint, a glimpse, but not all of it. And so it's very, very frustrating. And I think the reason why it doesn't give you the full picture is because we aren't meant to change it. I think it's just our soul or our guides or our angels way of telling us this is coming. And, and ironically, Denise, when my precognitive dream came true, I found it very comforting knowing that this was part of the plan, that this was destiny. I was able to lean into it and, and think, okay, this is going to help us grow, to learn. It's going to be healing eventually. And it was took a long time, but it was. Right. And, you know, the, just to have that also with the a lot of what this person shared, the grief of, did I do enough? Could I have done more? Should I have done more? That's a consistent pattern in so many people that are the one who's left here. Could I have 
gotten to them them to the hospital sooner? Could I have done it? it, it couple that with the unexpected loss of her father. That's a lot. That's a lot to process. It is. It really, really is. And there's a lot that comes along with it that does include guilt and and that sense of, you know, could I, should I, would I, what would I have done differently? But I, I hope just doing some research on precognitive dreams, I hope this listener will see that there's nothing she could have done to change it. Right. And, you know, it fascinates me with, with precognitive dreams or, you know, tapping into a precognitive part of our brain. Are we able to step out of the linear and get on that time space continuum that isn't limited by clocks and what and, and daylight and you know that there is no time perspective are we just tapping into something that's on that continuum ready to happen as you're saying yeah yeah exactly and it's so it's such a strong big event that it that it pops into our subconscious right. which is receptive during the dream state exactly wow um our next one, I figured out I'm a medium, which was super cool, cool. And then you talked about light workers and how healing the trauma of our past allows us to bring light to others. Just yesterday, I asked my guides why I had to go through so much pain, and there was the answer. It lit me all the way up. I've had the most topsy-turvy life. I was born at 28 weeks. My childhood was spent in a traveling carnival. I have cerebral palsy, and I just turned 50, an age no one thought I'd reach. I've spent the last year healing so much of my trauma. And while I've always been a bit of a Pollyanna, I now have so much more room for joy, love, and light. My spirits have been telling that, me that my life is about to take a turn for the better, way better, and that I'm going to have a new purpose. I'm so excited, and I have no idea what it's going to be. But I just want to thank you both for all of your podcasts, and especially for today, because I see my life in a whole new light now. I'll be dancing around on these scrawny legs of mine that are stronger than they look and thanking all the gods and goddesses for bringing you to me. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you for listening. And I I have said this, we, we've both said this over and over and over, Samantha, that spirit will use whatever your memories, experiences, expertise, and people who have had trials and tribulations and losses and grief and insurmountable things, it gives spirit that much more work. It gives that person a level of empathy and compassion that's hard to, to, to match, but it also gives spirit that much more to say, okay, we got you through this. Now it's time for you to really step into your light and help other people. It's a beautiful thing. And then to know that you've overcome so much, being born prematurely, having cerebral palsy, being raised in a carnival, those are, that's a lot of change and challenge coming at you. And, you know, she says, I've always been Pollyanna. You know, people call me a Pollyanna all the time too. And to me, it's almost in a derogatory way. You ever notice that? Yes. Well, you're such a Pollyanna with your thinking. I think that's life-saving to have that attitude. And I think that's probably why her legs are as strong as they are and why her heart is as beautifully open as it is, is because she does have all this room for joy, love, and light. Yeah. Sometimes just recognizing who you are. I'm an intuitive. I'm a medium. I'm a light worker. Sometimes that's that's the first step, you know, and, and oh. say, yes, that's me. Oh, 100%. 100%. And, and also that 
when you start to acknowledge that within yourself and have conversations with other people that that's their normal too, it it helps you realize, wow, there's not anything wrong with me. I just hadn't found the right people to talk to yet. Right. Yeah. Which is why we started this podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Our next one is uh, very quick. It says, would you guys consider doing a show on Deja Vu? What are your thoughts on this phenomenon? Well, I think we should do a show on Deja Vu. I don't think we have. No, we've they- mentioned it a couple times here and there, but never a whole show on it. Yeah, we, we should look into that because there is some cool research on it. Deja vu is that feeling where you're either, well, I think textbook deja vu is when you're in a location and you you know where to go, even though you've never been there before, or certain buildings or the landscape is familiar to, to you. I have different kinds of deja vu, though. Do you ever, because deja vu is always accompanied by a weird feeling, kind of like a, almost, to me, it's almost like I have a foot in two worlds, you know? Mm-hmm. And everything kind of pauses time-wise for a moment. And it's fleeting and quick, but it's there. For me, I'll have deja vu where like, I'll, like, let's say you and I are sitting at a restaurant talking. I'll suddenly have this knowing that I've done that before. Yes. Or I've dreamed about it before. Like I'll, I'll have dream deja vu a lot. And it's usually very um, insubstantial things like having lunch with a friend. And I'm like, oh. And and then it comes back to me and I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll know what the person is going to say next, or I don't know, but it's quick. It's very, very, very quick. I had heard years ago that deja vu was a check-in point on your timeline, on your life path to say you're in the right place at the right time. This you're, you're, you're right where you need to be. I don't know if there's any validity to that, but I always like the thought of it. I heard the same thing. I've read it from several different metaphysical, spiritual teachers. And I like that thought too, because when it happens, I'm like, oh, but sometimes I think it's, it makes me wonder about parallel lives or timelines. Mm-hmm. Like, did <laughs> yes. I just, did I just jump a dimension? Am I quantum leaping right now? <laughs> so yeah, we should do a show on it. That would be fun. Um, the next one says, I have reason to believe my 12 year old child has some psychic abilities that he's yet to develop. He's seen things, felt things physically, and several psychics have told me they definitely see multiple gifts in him as well as a bright light. He struggles with severe ADHD and related issues that borderline on ASD, as well as some depression related to gender identity, appearance, struggles at school, etc. He's been on a few different medications to try and help with some of these things, but he's now saying that he feels that the meds change his personality and he's totally against taking anything right now. While we're figuring all of that out, I wonder if there are spiritual practices that can help. We have a few different crystals. Most recently, I bought a small smoky quartz. He and I are both interested in their meanings, and I got that one specifically for its ability to combat depression. Are there others that you'd recommend, and how should we use them? Any other suggestions to help him with the depression and or help him embrace his spiritual gifts? At the moment, he's a little freaked out by it and described it as hallucinating, but I don't think that's what it is. The psychics I'm connected with through Facebook told me that there's nothing negative in the house, but that he's opening to receiving messages, though he isn't aware of that, so spirits seek him out. Um, And I think 12 is 
is one of those benchmark turning points for a lot of people, a lot of children. And they're really coming into their own. There's just physiologically hormonal differences. There's there's so, so much going on for a 12-year-old. You throw in the ADHD and the potential being on the border of ASD, you know, that's a whole lot too. This this child is is dealing with a whole lot, but has the support of the mom to say, you know what, we'll get you through this, which thank you, because that's that's so, so, so important. My gut feeling with the depression, the anxiety that is, it's truly, it's age old is, you know, anything getting fresh air, getting exercise, getting movement for any of us that are suffering is Samantha and I, when we were speaking earlier about, you know, New England and cold weather and gray days and winter that, you know, that you do, you have to force yourself to get out and move so that it will shake off those doldrums a little bit. And I'm not saying that's, I'm not negating the need for medication or medical care. I'm just saying that that's a simplistic thing. Teaching mindfulness, teaching meditation, teaching grounded techniques, those could all be really, really helpful for your son. I agree 100%. And in terms of crystals, I think smoky quartz, like this listener mentioned, is fantastic because it does absorb that inner angst inside. Botswana agate is also really good for depression. And then maybe something for grounding and stability like black tourmaline. And he can just meditate with them over his heart center or carry them in his pocket. Uh, there's also all sorts of wonderful things you can do with crystals. Uh, Judy Hall has a pretty simple book on crystal grids. It might be fun for him to practice setting up crystal grids for different intentions of healing. I'm a big advocate of not encouraging psychic ability, especially mediumship ability in children. And that is just my opinion and only my opinion. But I think kids have enough going on with all you just said, Denise, you know, hormones and ADHD and depression and grades and all this stuff. They don't need to worry about talking to ghosts or spirits who've crossed over. That's the last thing they need. And so I think emphasizing the spirituality side for your child, like you said, through grounding and meditation practices is really important. One thing I always tried to do with my kids, especially when they got into those like, oh, school stinks and da da da. I would always practice anonymous tithing with them. So we would pick an, an organization or a person and do something kind for them without, you know, getting any credit, which is kind of on the down low. Um, and that was really helpful. And and they kind of fought me on it sometimes, but they talk about it all the time now. So I think teaching them how to be of service to others and look outside of yourselves when you're in that, that swirling spiral of angst and anxiety of being a middle schooler and then having all the other complications you mentioned, I think that can be really, really helpful. There are some medications for anxiety that don't uh, pass the blood brain barrier, which I think are important in terms of, you know, if if your child doesn't want to be on medication, there are some that are, what are they called? Beta blockers, maybe? Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but there are some that don't pass that. And so you could consider looking into that as well. But, you know, just teaching your child that, yes, there is intuition here, but you don't need to develop it right now. What, what you need to develop is your interior world of positive self-love and self-talk. I think that's really important. And, and you can model that for him 
um, by, like I was saying before, like just doing kind things for other people, praying with him or meditating with him, teaching him how to work with crystals and crystal grids, how to send healing energy. I think all of that can be really, really instrumental and in, in helping fostering an environment of everything's going to be okay. That's a beautiful advice. And it it's also one other last little thing I'd like to add to that is normalizing it in your home so that if the conversation comes up of, wow, I feel like there's someone in my room or I keep seeing something out of my peripheral vision or just to keep that communication link open for you and for your child is huge, huge, huge to see where it develops for them. That way you've set a foundation of having that back and forth. So it's never a taboo sub subject or something that he, she, they doesn't feel comfortable talking about. Yes. No, I a hundred percent agree with that. I just don't think it's, you know, just to, haven't you seen parents who have intuitive kids and they're like, any messages from grandpa? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, 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 just, I, I think I that's know. too much pressure for and and you're right. Kids have a lot going on in their kids. I'm I'm a big fan of let kids be kids. Yeah, me too. Okay. Our next one says, I was wondering if you could advise me on any crystals I could purchase that are great for healing or relieving chronic pain. I suffer from a degenerative genetic disease that messes with my collagen. So I have constant pain in most of my body, especially around my joints. I sometimes carry black tourmaline or bloodstone, but I was wondering if you knew of any other helpers. I'm not sure if there's a better combo I could use. Well, I think it's important to consider the crystals that you use. Black tourmaline is great for uh, protection and bloodstone is wonderful for inner healing work and cleansing of energy. I also like amethyst. It's called the all healer. So it's kind of a an overall general healer that helps us work on our spirituality, our emotional and our physical healing. Carnelian and garnet are great for energy and passion. And sometimes when you're dealing with chronic pain, you just don't have the energy, right? You don't have the energy to be passionate about going for a walk or, or, you know, getting ready for work. And so carnelian and garnet can help with that. Selenite is really good for cleansing of energy. Black kyanite grows in this beautiful natural wand shape. It's perfect for protection, but also for cord cutting. Something you might want to do is try cutting any cords to this chronic pain and really work on setting that intention. Pyrite is great for stabilizing the energy. Appetite is said to help with inflammation. And finally, fluoride is known as the aura cleanser. So that's a great stone just to have in any room that you spend a lot of time in, like a bedroom or a living room or your office. And it's also a great stone just to put on the point of pain. You can also get single terminated stones and put it over the points of pain going in a counterclockwise direction to symbolically pull that pain out. But hopefully those suggestions will get you started on, on a, good, a good little crystal starter pack to help you with this. Obviously, there is nothing I can add to that. <laughs> Not true. I can say they're pretty and I like the way they feel and they have good juju, but thank you. I mean, I think we all, myself included, appreciate the hell out of how your base of knowledge with crystals because it's always so clear and succinct and helpful. So it's amazing how much you know about this. Well, I don't know about that. I do know that crystals aren't healers, so you're not going to get 
a magical combination that's going to heal any physical illness, in my opinion and experience. But what I think crystals can do is help us, help us to get our energy into alignment, help us get into a clear mental space where we can receive guidance that's right for our healing and our inner work. Oh, beautiful. Uh, Thank you. Our next one comes from Courtney, who says she recently stumbled onto the podcast and has listened to many episodes on Spotify and felt compelled to share a story that's only unraveling now. At this very moment in time, I'm experiencing what I think may be a living angel or someone that's been put in my life by divine intervention. The backstory, when my daughter was six months old, there was a house fire. The garage was engulfed in flames. A sheriff broke down the door to get everyone out of the house in the middle of the night. He truly saved my daughter's life. He wasn't supposed to be on shift that night. He was the very first on the scene. Fast forward now, my daughter is four years old. Life has moved on. I've picked up a new job as a favor for a family member who was in a pinch. Six months of working with the same people, and just by coincidence, over conversation, I find out the man I've been working with side by side the whole time is the man who saved my daughter's life. Oh, neither of us knew until that moment. The feelings and emotions were overwhelming, to say the least. Since we have aligned and are putting together the pieces of what happened that night, it's clear that someone put this specific man into our lives on two very separate occasions. Last night, I brought my daughter to work and she thanked him for saving her. He fell to tears. It was a very special moment and not one many people get to have. The story was about was able to come full circle and everyone's hearts are now overflowing with love and our brains are trying to wrap themselves around just how things played out. There are coincidences and then there's something else. The forces are at work all over and we're grateful every day. Maybe even I a bit more now. Thank you for reading. Well, thank you for sharing because this just gives me willies from head to toe. So, so beautiful. It really is. And there are stories like this you read and see. There, there used to be a TV show. I'm talking like back in the 90s uh, called Earth Angels, I think. And there was a story about a he was a long haul trucker and he's on the road and he has a heart attack and it's like 3 a.m., right? And there's a doctor who couldn't sleep that night, if I remember correctly. And so he's just going out for a drive, you know, as you do. And he comes across, across this trucker. He had, he had pulled over to the side of the highway and had just fallen out of the driver's seat. And so that doctor happened to be a heart doctor and saved his life. Amazing, a miracle. Eight, nine, 10 years later, the truck driver's alive and well and healthy thanks to this doctor stumbling upon him on this highway late at night. And he's on a fishing trip with friends of his. And they're like far out in the middle of nowhere. But they always go here to fish so they know the whole area. And it was right near a reservation. This doctor is there at the um, on the reservation working as, as a doctor. And he had gone out for like a really, really long walk far away from the reservation and he has a heart attack and he's calling out and the fisherman long haul trucker is there, hears him, picks him up. And because he's always been fishing there knows exactly where the medical facility is on the reservation. Cause you know, the doctor's unconscious and can't tell him, picks him up, takes him there and he's healed. They mm. were both angels for each other. 
Oh, I love that. Almost 10 years apart. So we see stories like that. And I don't know, I think maybe we can all be angels for each other, right? But also, what if what if these people are part of our soul family, but we're just not meant to interact with them on a daily basis? I don't know. Right. Wow. It's neat to think about, isn't it? It is. It is so neat to think about. And I'm so glad she got to thank him. Yes. And the daughter too. That's That gives me chills. Okay, our next one says, someone had mentioned a dark place, and you both replied you would never say something like that. Samantha, I believe it was you who said a spirit can be an, a stuck place in their life review. Would you both share your thoughts of this life review? Is it instantaneous? Does it take time? Does spirit need help from this side? Additionally, when you have created a link to a spirit on the other side, their personality from this life will show up. What if the personality was unpleasant, either from mental illness or dementia? I have heard spirits are healed on the other side. How will spirit present themselves in this situation? Okay, those are really, really good questions. Uh, I have been shown the stuck place uh, a couple of times. The first time it, it happened was when I was just opening up to my mediumship, did not know I could do this. And a distant relative of a family member of mine connected through marriage came through and said he had been in the stuck place, but his mother's prayers got him out. And we later learned that he had committed suicide and his mother had lit a candle, a little votive candle for him every morning and every night and said prayers for his soul. And he had said that got him out of the stuck place and that they would soon be making a place for her. And at the time, his mom was healthy and doing fine. And two weeks later, she unexpectedly passed. So that was one of my first like, oh, my gosh, I think I think I'm a medium and I think I'm connecting with something. And I remember he showed me the stuck place. And I don't know if it was a metaphor, but it was just a it was an all white room with no windows, um, one door. And, and the walls were actually sticky, almost like flypaper. So I don't, again, that could be a metaphor for how he was feeling, you know, um, it's, that is, I just want to say this to any listeners who have lost people because they opted out that way. He is the only person I've connected with on the other side who passed from that option and ended up there. I feel like I'm trying to talk around a heavy situation, but does that well, make sense? It is, it is, because if if I think that if we have um, been brought up in any form of organized religion where it's seen as breaking sacramental law to, to take your own life or to choose to leave, then we've been conditioned or believed that people go to hell or purgatory. And all the years I've been a medium, I, that's never been the case for me either is that um, when people choose to leave, they'll come through with a different energy, but not, I, I've never felt that they were excluded in some other part of a different dimension that was was negative or less. Never, 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 never. Um, I just think this this gentleman had that experience because he had so much guilt uh, and and issues that he had to process, not because of any judgment. So I just want to make that very, very clear. I have seen, um, again, my, I think I've told this story. I wrote about it in, in my book. My grandmother died when I was 12. When I was 33, she came to me in a dream and said she was finally ready to process her life review. 
but needed help. She needed our prayers and our good energy to give her kind of a boost. And that was a long time. I don't know where she was from 12, from those years between, you know, what is that, 20 years? I don't know. But uh, she did come back to me a few weeks later in a dream and was radiant and glowing and looked happy and said, the prayers worked. I, you know, I've leveled up basically is what she was saying. Uh, I've done other readings where people have told me that there are levels on the other side. So it's not like, you know, a lot of traditional religions are like heaven, hell, purgatory. There's like three levels or uh, Dante, you know, wrote there are nine levels. I don't know. But I've what I've been told is there are many, many levels. And so if it depends on your energy, your vibrations. And so if you if you pass with a lot of uh, shame and guilt on your heart, you might go to say, I'm making this up, level three. But if you pass and you don't have a lot of that on your heart, you might go to level eight. Well, someone at level eight can go all the way to down from level one to level eight and visit and hang out and all of that. But the level three can't go up to the level eight to visit. Have you ever been shown that ever in readings? Just, just the um, the fluidity among dimensional levels. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think that when people pass from uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, mental illness, I do think it takes them a little bit longer to acclimate to life on the other side. I've been shown that and told that in readings. I've experienced it personally with my father who passed from Alzheimer's. Uh, there's a great book I recommend all the time called Testimony of Light, where it talks about how there is a healing place on the other side. And some people just need to go there after they've died. And they're just bathed in love and light. It's literally like, like a bath of light that they marinate in to help them. So I think sometimes it can be it can take longer to connect with some people. So if you if you lost someone who was struggling with an illness for years at the end of their life, it's going to take them a long time to shed all of that when they get to the other side. And so a medium might not be able to connect with them in six months, a year, three years. I, I had a client who kept waiting to hear from her grandmother who passed from Alzheimer's and other family members would come through. That grandmother did not come through for five years. And she said she had been, and she called it a healing place, just like that book, Testimony of Light. And, and then she was her own self. Uh, before we move on to the second part of her question, I just would love your input because I know you have a lot of great insight into that question. Well, I think you covered most of what I would share. And I do think the life review is dependent on the how someone passed how much at peace they were with the life that they led here, what their belief system was as far as religion or non-religion or tradition or non-tradition. So I think that there are all those other factors. And just as from, from my own personal experience of connecting with folks, that even in this lifetime, there are people who communicate more clearly and more easily and they come through than they're, you know, they're going to, and then there are people who don't. And often when I connect with someone in spirit and I, I'm not feeling any words in my mouth or I'm not hearing anything, my immediate thought will be this was a really quiet person in spirit. So that does tie in with that second part of people will present in the way that you'll recognize them. So if I brought through, if I'm getting someone's very quiet, they're reserved, they love to read, they had a very dry sense of humor, all of these beautiful things 
if I brought through someone with different energy, you're not going to think it's your person. There's not enough evidence there to prove it's your person. I know people, I've connected with people who have made some really difficult choices, decisions, or hurt many people in this lifetime, but they don't come through that way as far as, you know, presenting as as evil or dark or or any of that stuff. And I think with mental illness or dementia, often what I get explicitly clear is this sense of mental clarity that many, many people that I've connected with who have dementia, Alzheimer's, cognitive difficulties, they understood what was going on and they were clear. They just couldn't communicate it. Yes, exactly. I don't, I don't think that we instantly heal on the other side um, in terms of our personality, right? So if you were always kind of rough and gruff and what have you, aggressive, I don't know that that changes so much on the other side. You know, you've heard me say, we're not given a harp and a halo and here's your cloud nine. <laughs> you know, it's not like we're instantly made into angels. I think we fundamentally stay the same and we grow and we change, sure. But that that spark of who we are is is our unique spark and it's not going to change. Yeah, we can have that wider, greater understanding and perspective, and we can definitely soften. But I think who we are is is, uh, is who we are. And I'll give you an example. I had a, a mother come through for a client, and the client was like, I don't want to hear from her. I did not like her. I don't want to hear from her. And the mom showed me a lot of stuff she had done you know, to her family. And so I understood why the client didn't want to hear from her. But the mother was so, her energy, Denise, was so kind. Mm-hmm. And so gentle and so apologetic. And all she wanted was to say she was sorry. Yeah. And my client did not want to hear it. And I think she did not believe me because she was like, yeah, that ain't my mom, you know? And the mom was giving like stuff that I was able to say, well, did she do that? Yeah, that's her. That, But that does not sound like my mom. And so that's tricky when, you know, I always say mediumship readings are a three-way phone call. And if, if the client isn't, you know, on board, they're going to hang up that line and then you lose the link. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just decided in my, in my heart to kind of move away from the apology thing and focus back on the client and what the client needed. So I asked the mother, can you help me with anything that the client needs to hear? Your daughter needs to hear. And I heard so clearly F that bastard. Can I say that? Is that okay? (laughs) <laughs> I just did. I hope I hope iTunes doesn't block us. But anyway, she's she said that so clearly. And I just got this little downloaded. I said, are you having issues in your marriage? And she was like, yeah, why? And I said, well, you're, I just heard your mom say, F that bastard. And she goes, that's my mom. <laughs> that's exactly what she would say. That was her favorite expression. And then it was fine. And we were able to, you know, talk about her upcoming divorce and all of that. But the mother initially was so kind and gentle and apologetic. And then when I asked her about, you know, normal stuff going on in her daughter's life, her authentic personality came through. Hands on hips, swearing, you know, kick him out of your life. You don't need him. And Mm -hmm. she was like, that's the aggressive woman I know. So I don't know. I just don't think we change all that much. No. No, but I do think we continue to grow and evolve. 
Yes, I do too. I do too. Yeah. But I think, uh, yeah. Okay. But we have to be able to recognize who's coming through. But that that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Very, very true. Mm-hmm. Well, those were some fabulous questions and gave us a lot of food for thought as well. Don't you think? I do. And I like the variety. That's what I love, love, love about doing these, these episodes is it, I'm sure we get something a little different in each story or comment or dream that somebody hearing it is saying, oh my gosh, that's me. That's happened to me. And I, I love, love, love that connection. I do too. And we love hearing from you guys. So please remember you can always email us enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Enlightened Empaths. Don't forget to check out our work and our services. You can find me at samanthafay.com and Denise is at thegratefulmessenger.com. If you like our show, please tell a friend or hit the like and subscribe button. Leave us a review. It really helps our show to grow. And that's what we're all about is just growing our community. So we realize that we're all in this together. We hope you have a great week. Please remember to show up, do good work and share your light. Take care.